my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, March the 24th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's goodness. I wish you God's life. As our Lenten season, my friends, continues not only just to journey on, but but that end point is now within reach. But just as for Jesus, that end point being in reach doesn't mean we can skate home. I mean, obviously, there are mountains to climb uh, and crosses to bear. Yet, as we continue to move to wherever it is, that place in our lives, in our world, that we want to be made new this Easter. So however that works in your life and on your Lenten journey, however that invites the Spirit in, uh, at this point, I certainly wish you well in these last two weeks as we uh, draw near. In fact, two weeks from today is Good Friday. So uh, a couple of things. One, I'm going to get to these readings here very soon because I'm going to do readings plural today. It is Our gospel is very long, and it's that series of John readings. But I'm going to take the shortened version, which I put that in quotation marks. Uh, it is shorter than what it would have been. It's going to cut out some things that I, I, I won't say I don't find essential. I mean, it's the gospel. Um, but that the church in the shorter rendition, it wasn't going to be what I focused on. Maybe I'll just say it that way. Um, and, and I am going to read the first reading, Ezekiel. It's only three verses long, but it is so good. And it sets the scene so well for the gospel. I think that the two just go together beautifully. So uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is I will be dropping two episodes this week, um, not because, you know, it's just a bonus episode, but because I'm going to be on vacation next week and I wouldn't be dropping next week's reading, which is Palm Sunday, uh, when I'm on vacation. So rather than miss it, it's too important of a a feast to miss. You're going to see too. Whether you wait a week and listen to it or listen to it sooner than later, hey, I leave that in your good hands. I leave it in your good hands. My friends, with that, uh, however it is that you best prepare to hear the Word of God, I just invite you to that place right now because this Word is too good to allow our hearts not to be open for whatever seed God can and will plant. So good. So, for those who do wish to follow along at home, Ezekiel 37 verses 12 to 14. Again, a real short one. And then effectively, we're going to read out of John chapter 11. It would have been verse 1 to 45. I'm, I'm going to start with three, and you'll see that I jump around a little bit, but the story will have continuity, okay? So with that, my friends, let's break open God's Word together. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord God, O my people, I will open your graves and have you rise from them and bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and have you rise from them, O my people. I will put my spirit in you that you may live and I will settle you upon your land. Thus you shall know that I am the Lord. I have promised And I will do it, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now, my friends, for the gospel again. uh, John, uh, because we've been reading John, right, these last three weeks, 
read out of him the woman at the well, then the man born blind last week, and this is the tr- the third of the troika uh, with the raising of Lazarus. Again, John chapter 11. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The sisters of Lazarus sent word to Jesus saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. He became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd, here I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, Untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, they don't get much better than that, do they? That is so good. So why? Why would this be coupled with the woman at the well and the man born blind? And and remember, the reason these are coupled together, these three, are because they are read, particularly when 
a, a congregation, when a parish has what we call catechumen coming into the church, those who are to be baptized and become members of the church. I will not belabor this point, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't point it out, right? Because those who listened to the last two heard me say it, probably ad nauseum, forgive me. But that idea that faith is not a, I wake up one morning and I have it. It is a, a, a process of becoming, right? We saw it with the woman at the well, where Jesus went through those stages in her life. And we saw it even with the man born blind. Well, we don't see it necessarily in this story. But there are two places that it points to that same idea. The one is in Martha's and Jesus' conversation, where uh, she says, listen, Lord, if, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He said, listen, your brother will rise. She says, I know he's going to rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus says, yep, I'm the resurrection and the life. You know, uh, whoever believes in me will never die. Do you believe in this? And this is the point. Listen to Martha's words. Yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who, the one who is coming into the world. I have come to believe that that is a journey for her as well. And we see her at the end point of that journey proclaiming who God is. You are the Son of God. You are the Christ that is coming in the world. The very thing Peter said, right, in Matthew's Gospel when they're at Caesarea Philippi. Here is Martha proclaiming that. I have come to believe. Brothers and sisters, faith is a journey. Our, our, uh, our faith, our, our, our proclamation of who Jesus is, is, is a process for us too. Enough said. You, you heard it for the last three days, or three weeks, two weeks, and you're hearing it a third week, but, but that's why. And the other thing it points to is the whole idea of baptism, right? Baptism is we die to ourselves, and we rise somebody new. We die to our old self. We die to our old way of being, and invite that Holy Spirit to make us someone new as we rise, that new creation in Christ. Death and resurrection, right? Lazarus, we see it here. All right, so what do I want to talk about? Two points, I think. Although this gospel has so many, so many. I'm going to try not to overwhelm. I'm going to try to keep it simple. Let's go back to the first reading. And the reason I had to start with this, one, Ezekiel is one of my favorite prophets. But two, remember this. Ezekiel was a prophet to the people of Israel when they were held captive in Babylon. So figure they're a thousand miles east of their land. And land denoted who they were. And apart from their land and apart from the temple in Jerusalem, they thought that God had deserted them because they first had deserted God. They thought that relationship, that covenant that was essential to them knowing who they were was gone. So God takes Ezekiel out to the desert for a vision. And if you were to read all of 37, or at least the 11 verses before we started, it's that wonderful, famous story where God gives Ezekiel that vision of a valley filled with dry bones, and, uh, and, and he, Ezekiel sees them come to life. He sees those who are dead rise and, and put on muscle and sinew and flesh and, and become alive and stand. That which is dead comes back to life. 
that immediately precedes what we heard today. And then what he says to, to Ezekiel, in case you didn't get it from the vision, Ezekiel, thus says the Lord God, meaning this is the reality. This is reality. If you don't see that reality, that's not my issue, God's saying. This is your issue. This is reality. What is reality? Oh, my people, I will open your graves and have you rise from them and bring you back to the land of Israel. You're held captive. There's not much worse going on. You think, God, I have deserted you. You think you have deserted me. You think that covenant is broken and gone, everlastingly done. Let me remind you who I am. And I do not love based on conditions. You are still my people. And here's what I'm going to do to show that to you. I'm going to make you rise from this grave of captivity, and I'm going to bring you back home. Not because you deserve it, but because I want you to realize this relationship is not dead. It is living. It is living. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and have you rise from them. Brothers and sisters, we live in a divided world. We live in a world, I, I visit, you know, patients all the time that say, oh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, you know. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure at some level, I think that things have always kind of been going to hell in a handbasket, right? Um, and, and I'm not saying we kick back and put our feet up. I, we have to call, we're called to work you know, for this. But what I'm saying is, brothers and sisters, can you vision a reality that God can make it new? Because if you can't, that's on us. God is saying this is reality, resurrection. This is reality, resurrection. And if you can't see it, uh, that that's not on me. Then I need to go get another prophet, essentially. Because here's what I know that I will open your graves and I will have you rise from them. In fact, I would even argue that's exactly where Jesus, now I'm going to go to the gospel, is challenging Martha. Martha believes in the resurrection. And, and Jesus even says, your brother will rise. She says, I know he'll rise in the resurrection on the last day. And he says, I am the resurrection. But then he goes to the, to the grave and he says, roll back the stone. And Martha says, Lord, he's been, he's been in there for four days. Surely there's going to be a stench. And he looks at her and says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? My friends, he is not saying at that point, did I not tell you that if you believe, you're going to see a really cool miracle? Remember, this is the book of signs from John. All the way through chapter 12 is the book of signs. These signs point beyond themselves. They point to a deeper reality. What is that reality? Life. The death does not have the final answer. Death does not have the final word. Life does. That's what Jesus is saying. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you'll see the glory of God? What is the glory of God? Well, what St. Uh, Ignatius uh, of Antioch said 100 years later, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. Did I not tell you if you believed, you would see the glory of God? What is that? You will rise from your graves. Brothers and sisters, that is, is the first thing I really want us to contemplate. I know we live in, in troubled times. I know we do. Um, 
but but here's what I know. Gosh, I know it because I know this is reality, that God does not allow anything to take place within our world that God cannot redeem, that God cannot make new, that God cannot bring to life. I don't know how, and I don't know when, and I may not see it in my lifetime, but I know, I know the final word is God's, not death's. I know it. I know it because this gospel, not just this gospel particularly, but the gospel, particularly Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. But I know that's where it points to. Can you vision it, brothers and sisters? Because we need to vision it for our country, our world, in the middle of you know climate change, for countries in the midst of war, for countries who are, are divided, uh, and, and entities, communities, churches, whatever it is. And we need to vision it for our own individual lives because both and, both are true. Both are true. Here's the second point, which really is similar to the first. Um, love this line, and, and forgive, I'm just going to kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, but I love this, where Jesus says, you know, where have you laid him? And they said to him, no, Mary and Martha, this is one of the points I skip because Mary gets out there. But Mary and Martha say, come and see. Come and see. Did those words remind you of anything? should remind you of John chapter 1, when the disciples are following after Jesus. And he says, what are you, what are you looking for? And they say, sir, where do, you, where do you live? Where do you reside? Where can I find you? And he says, come and see. And the rest of John's gospel, at least up to this point, is John showing the disciples where he lives. He lives in uh, a woman coming, you know, the woman at the well that we did two weeks ago, coming to, to understanding of who God is, even in the midst of her state that she is an outcast. Uh, it, the blind will see, right? The, the wedding at Cana, all those things. That you want to see where God resides? He resides everywhere. He resides with the outcasts. He resides with the blind. He resides in, in celebrations of wedding when they run out of wine. He resides everywhere. Let me show you where God resides. But then he asks the question of, okay, humanity, where do you reside? And Mary and Martha get to say the same word to him. You want to know what we get to put up with? Come and see. Come and see. And what does Jesus do? He weeps. Brothers and sisters, never, ever, ever, I mean, get rid of that whole thought of God's given me tests to see what I can put up with, you know, and God's given me this disease or this illness or God's given me this, you know, hardship or this relationship that's ended. Stop it. Jesus weeps with us. He weeps with us because those things aren't life-giving. Those are death-dealing. Mary and Martha say, come and see where we reside. And he sees and he weeps. Our God weeps with us. And when we are individually going through things that are struggling, our God weeps with us, but he is with us. He is with us. But thankfully, again, this does not have the final word. Why? Because remember at the resurrection, when the stone is rolled away and the angels are, are on the tomb and they say to the, to the people who are there, be it Mary Magdalene or the others, come and see where they've laid him. Meaning, come and see what this God can do with your death. Remember you showed me, Lazarus? You showed me what death, you showed me what humanity is dealing with? Come and see what I can do with it. Come and see what God has done. Brothers and sisters, the last word is resurrection. And this is my last word. When Lazarus comes out of the tomb. Uh, 
he comes forward wrapped, uh, burial bands uh, tying his hand and foot and, and his faith, his face, excuse me, wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus looks at them and says, untie him and let him go. Untie him and let him go. Brothers and sisters, resurrection is reality. It is the reality in this world. I hope you and I um, can vision it and say yes to it in more ways than one. But not everybody believes that, and we continue to have to work on behalf of resurrection and on behalf of life. There are many in our lives right now in our world that are experiencing death, and it is up to you and I to untie them and set them free. It is always God's work, but God will work through you and I. In fact, if God does not work through you and I, who on earth is God going to choose? He's going to choose those who follow, those who vision, those who can see it. He looks at you and I today and says, those in your life who are tied, who are burdened, who are carrying it, who don't see, who are clouded because they have something over their eyes and, and their hands and, and feet are, are, are bound because they can't move freely as, God, as I made them to do it because others have bound them that way, untie them and set them free. Let them go. You and I get to do that. Resurrection is reality. Let's pray, my friends. We begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth sorrowful mystery, Jesus carries his cross. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. As we prepare for this holy week coming up in a week, may you find that place of resurrection, God's life within you. Be well.